Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 28 of the 2022 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And ladies and gentlemen, is it a national holiday yet? This Today is draft day. The first round of the draft, prime time in Las Vegas, Nevada. The wait is over. All the work that's been done, studying the film, studying the prospects, understanding the fits for all of the different teams, free agency, discussions with the trades and everything else, what's going to happen, it's all going to be answered tonight. First question, obviously, is who's going number one overall? For a long time, we thought it might have been either Iki Aquanu or Evan Neal, offensive line. Cam Robinson ultimately was a franchise tag initially, so we said, okay, Aiden Hutchinson, there was still a little bit of a thought that maybe Icky could sneak in there. Well, the eve of the draft, Cam Robinson signs a three-year, $54 million deal to be the left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars for the foreseeable future. So that completely takes out the offensive tackle. Now we're talking about Trevon Walker potentially there at that number one overall selection. The length absolutely fits Trent Baalke's narrative there with the, the the length that he had in San Francisco, drafting both Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, back-to-back drafts taking Oregon Ducks. One other name that just is, is interesting in terms of being pro-ready, Jermaine Johnson, another guy who has excellent length, 11 and a half sacks there for uh, Florida State. So we already know that he's a, a polished pass rusher and he's right up there with what Trevon Walker does against the run. Now, I know I've got him mocked to Houston there at number 13 overall, but ultimately when we look at Jermaine Johnson, if he doesn't go to the Jags, I'm looking at Houston. If there's a way for Houston to package and either get a corner or a tackle there at number three, and then you know I've seen reports from Bleacher Report today already saying that Houston may look to trade back into the top 10 if the right player is there. I think they target Jermaine Johnson. I think they, they need that other pass rusher that's in there. They, you know, that's really uh, one of the key needs for the Texans. And so if they can get back into the top 10, get Jermaine Johnson as well, you know that's ultimately where my mind is going with this selection because I think Houston would be an absolute perfect fit for Jermaine Johnson uh, coming off the edge. So I, I still think Tra- Travon Walker goes number one overall because, uh, again, he fits the, the, the narrative there. Y- you love the, the coverability. You watched him cover Tank Bigsby coming out of the backfield on, on a, a wheel route against Auburn. We saw what he did against Florida, dropping into the middle of the field, nearly picking off a pass on an in-breaking route. The pass rush skills, you know, really he wasn't asked to do that. Georgia, you know, that's what we got to see with with Jermaine Johnson. He was actually able to be the guy at Florida State, and we see the difference in the type of a a prospect that that we're considering Jermaine Johnson now. Trevon Walker, you know, it it still is a bit of a projection, but I can see why Trent Baalke is is going number one there. Number two, Aiden Hutchinson. You know that Brad Holmes is going to be putting Trent Baalke on his Christmas card list if this happens. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, number two overall. We've talked a lot about it already, uh, but 14 sacks, numerous pressures. This is a guy, the speed, the power to to combine with with a lot of the the counter moves. a guy that I think is going to fit in well um, playing there opposite uh, Charles Harris. You get the guy in state. 
that's really going to galvanize the fan base. The passion for the game fits in very well with it, what Dan Campbell wants to do. I think the, the draft really starts at number three overall in Houston. When you look at the, the cornerback position, I think Houston needs needs to get a corner. So I wouldn't rule out either Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley. I saw that Bleacher Report and some other outlets are reporting that they would go with Stingley over Ahmad Gardner. Number three feels a little bit too high for that, though, if, if that's ultimately what they're doing with Derek Stingley. Number three, uh, th maybe that's why they're, they're talking about moving back into the top ten, targeting that corner. To me, I think Iki Aquanu is one of your safer bets, and if you take him there at three, that really solidifies that offensive line. You're hoping that Laramie Tunsil regains his form from uh, from 2020 because he was he was out with a thumb injury in 2021. I think you, you take the tackle, you take Iki Aquanu, and even if you have to move him inside the guard initially, you move him to the right side. I think this is a guy that if Laramie Tunsil isn't back to his form, back to his regular self, if ultimately you decide to move on from Laramie Tunsil, you can kick him out there to that left tackle position at some point. But that versatility really gives them uh, an ability to adjust things up front. Moving on from, from Houston, they're at, at number three, depending on what they do. That, that number 13 pick, if they sit there, will Jermaine Johnson be there? Likely not. You know, if they're sitting there at 13, there's a chance that maybe Kyle Hamilton is there. They could use another safety, especially with Justin Reed moving on. I think they could go with a receiver. You look at the receiver receiving core, they've got Brandon Cooks and, you know, Nico Collins. There's really not a whole lot of depth at the receiver position. So I think you could see them targeting possibly Drake London if he's on the board. J uh, Jameson Williams is another name. Chris Olave. Um, so a lot of guys there at 13. Um, if they take the corner or possibly an edge rusher, whether it's Jermaine Johnson or Kayvon Thibodeau at three, then you're looking at at uh, uh, the, the Houston possibly moving back into the top 10, possibly to get either Evan Neal or, or Charles Cross. I think that's also another possibility there for, for Houston. Looking at the number four overall pick in the Jets, you know, really asking yourself what's going to happen there. I think you've got George Fant at right tackle. But I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of Jets fans that are still hoping that they go for Iki Aquanu there to really solidify that, that front, especially with Mekhi Becton and that injury history already. That does make a lot of sense. I have a mocking, uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau there. I, I think there's a good chance that it could end up being Jermaine Johnson. Could also be Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Um, you know, I think Thibodeau's stock is, is dropping a little bit. I still don't really understand that a whole lot. Um, I, I do understand that, hey, he's explosive, but he doesn't have the natural bend, doesn't have a lot of the counter moves um you know and so he potentially could be a guy that they could take at number 10 but then you, you throw in the whole Debo Samuel potential trade right with the 49ers I think the 49ers would want that number 10 overall pick so if they get their receiver they can either go edge rusher or offensive line there at number four possibly even the corner although they did bring in DJ Reed they've got a lot of young guys at that cornerback position so that's why it just feels you're bringing in another corner um, who's a rookie could very well end up being your lockdown corner, but it just feels like there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot invested into that cornerback position there with the Jets. So that's why I'm kind of leaning either pass rusher or uh, possibly offensive line. But, you know, Debo Samuel, the 49ers, obviously, if they do trade him, they pop in at number 10. And I think number 10 is going to be a, a receiver. I, I really do. Um, when you look at the Jets, Drake London, 
makes a lot of sense. I think the same thing for the 49ers. Uh, Garrett Wilson could possibly slide, especially if Atlanta is looking edge rusher. And Atlanta very well could look for an edge rusher. I, I think that's an entirely possible. And the reason why I'm thinking about that is obviously the 18 sacks from a season ago really just haven't put enough pressure on the quarterback. And so whether it's Jermaine Johnson or, or, or Kayvon Thibodeau falling to them, but you also look at the receiving core. They don't have anybody at receiver. They have Alameda Zacchaeus as their, their top returning wideout. You get Garrett Wilson there at number eight for, for Marcus Mariota. And then from there, you can start targeting some edge rushers in round number two. Nick Benito is, is one of those guys that you could potentially target. Uh, Drake Jackson, although there is some talk that he may be moving into round number one. I, I don't really like that. I think there's still some a little bit to Drake's game that needs some improvement. Um, really only has that one get off coming off the edge. Doesn't have a lot of counter moves. Doesn't have a lot of uh, array of pass rush moves. And I think it's you know not all you know solely his fault because you have a lot of. Uh, uh, really just he, he was dropping into coverage a lot I, I think you know that coaching that he received there um, under Clay Helton and Todd Orlando didn't really speak to being able to utilize his skill set as an edge rusher so that's why I think he does fall into day on into day two we'll put together another podcast at the end of round one to talk about what to expect on day two so we'll see if Drake Jackson is still on the board but I truly believe that Atlanta targets the receiver there with that first pick and then move on to, to the edge rusher in round two. Uh, moving on from there, obviously Carolina sitting there at, at number six. There are question marks about the quarterback position. I think the consensus, everyone is kind of catching up to the theory that, look, th this draft class is not very strong at the quarterback position. Malik Willis is going to need time to develop. Um, that's why I have him mocked to the Steelers there at number 20 overall. Um, you know, Obviously, Mitchell Trubisky, he can come in, learn from Trubisky, and uh, Mason Rudolph, Mike Tomlin has been on the record saying that he wants to get more athletic at the quarterback spot. You, know, you have that relationship with Matt Rule and Kenny Pickett. And the question mark there is, is, is whether or not they're satisfied with, with Sam Darnold. We know that they're not, but are they going to go after Baker Mayfield? Could they go Jimmy G? Uh, or are we looking at, at Kenny Pickett? If they do go Kenny Pickett, you're not taking him at number six. You're going to trade down. I think Carolina ultimately stays there at number six overall. Cam Irving is not your long-term answer at left tackle. Brady Christensen is going to be your left guard. Go ahead and get your tackle. And I think you know there, there's talk that the Giants may end up going with, with Charles Cross at number five. I think that Brian Dable with his ties to Alabama, they go Evan Neal at number five to, to team with, with Andrew Thomas. Then Carolina ends up taking Charles Cross at number six overall. That makes the most sense to me. The Giants, after they get their, uh, their offensive tackle, I think the Giants, they're at number seven. To me, they're going to target the best corner on the board, whether it's Ahmad Sauce Gardner or, or Dev, uh, Derek Stingley. You know, I've, I've got them taking Ahmad Gardner, and really when you're looking at this, the James Bradbury likely is going to be traded. They haven't traded him yet, but uh, they need a number one corner. Adoree Jackson is likely a, a, a two in that, that cornerback uh, group. But you get Ahmad Sauce you get your lockdown corner there, uh, which is definitely going to come in handy in, uh, in the NFC. And uh, so the Giants can then look to pass rush on day two. David Ojabo is going to be an interesting guy. If he doesn't come off the board, uh, possibly to uh, the Green Bay Packers at, at 28, or even the, the Chiefs at 29 or 30, then I think the Giants could be primed to end up nailing uh, you know, David Ojabo on day two. So again, another thing to talk about um, in our next podcast um, after 
the first day of the draft, really see how everything shakes up. But as we continue to move, Seattle's another interesting case there with the quarterback position. You've got Drew Locke, you've got Geno Smith. I don't see Seattle taking a quarterback here either. I think Baker Mayfield is probably going to be in play for them. You know, Pete Carroll's going to be in win-now mode, so getting your quarterback in there that can help lead you uh, to the playoffs, I can absolutely see that happening. Um, but Seattle, look, Dwayne Brown is unsigned, your left tackle. Brandon Shell, your right tackle, also unsigned. I think if one of those tackles falls to them, they have to go offensive tackle. But with them off the board, I actually have them taking Derek Stingley. I think they do need a corner um, and in a desperate way to help shore up that. You know, they lost DJ Reed, and uh, they, they need to get back to the days of the Legion of Boom. They need to get a, a corner out there, uh, especially when you're dealing with the Rams, the 49ers, the Cardinals, you know, teams that really want to air it out. You're going to need that number one cornerback. And so I've got them taking Derek Stingley. Um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. They could go edge rusher at, at the end of the day uh, because they do need a, a Leo there. So I, I think there's a chance that you can end up seeing a, an edge rusher as well. Um, moving on to, to Washington there at number 11. Uh, another team that I think definitely is desperate for receiver help. They've got scary Terry McLaurin, but he's going to need some help there at receiver. I think Carson Wentz, you've got to surround him with weapons. So there's a good chance that depending on what happens with the Jets uh, and the Niners there with that 10th overall pick, uh, obviously Atlanta at number eight. If they go edge rusher, um, you know, Garrett Wilson could potentially be there at 11. Drake uh, London as well. Possibly you're looking at Jamison Williams as a potential target. Uh, so I, I think you have some of those guys that, that you could be looking at. But uh, I've got them taking Kyle Hamilton. I think you pair him with, with Cameron Curl, kind of take on that role that, uh, you know, Landon Collins used to have and so I think that's really the, the fit there at number 11 number 12 with, with the Vikings I think this is another team that could potentially be on the radar for, for Kyle Hamilton I think they really would like to see uh, Derek Stingley fall to them but I think there's a drop off there after the number two corner um, so I, I don't see them going corner there I, I think with with Trent McDuffie they're probably a little bit out of range there um, I, I think they might trade down a couple of picks if that's the case if they want to target McDuffie um, but you have Patrick Peterson you have Cam Dantzler you put him in there that's a good you know a, a good core of, uh, of corners uh, but I'm looking at the middle of that defense especially when you've got Daniil Hunter and you've got Darius Smith you know you've got that that 34 defense there and, and really you want to target that nose tackle position get Jordan Davis in there be disruptive along the interior of that line um, you move on to number 14 and the Baltimore Ravens Baltimore I, I think adding that third corner in there We've already seen with the what Cincinnati ran into with, with the Rams there in the Super Bowl and teams airing it out. You need to make sure that you have a stable of corners, not just one or two shutdown corners, but you have to have a stable of them. With Jimmy Smith being a free agent, I think you're looking at uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Then you bring in Trent McDuffie. I think that really solidifies that cornerback group. Makes a lot of sense to me, right? So then you look at, at Philly. And Philly has the two picks. They had the three. They traded with, with the Saints. Thought that was a great move for both teams. And so when you look at, at Philly there at, at 15, I think this is going to be used on a wide receiver. I really do, and I think uh, Jamison Williams, you pair him with Devontae Smith, and you've got two guys to really you know, be dominant weapons, potentially, uh, for Jalen Hurts. You need to have that. And then at 19, 
I, I'm really they, they they could go corner if Trent McDuffie is around, but I'm really looking at another edge rusher. And yes, I know that they brought Derek Barnett back. They've got Hassan Reddick in, in the fold as well. But look, you know, Brandon Graham is is getting up there in age. We didn't get any production out of uh, you know Derek Barnett. He is on a two-year deal. Um, You've got Josh Sweat in the fold, so I think you need to get another young edge rusher. I'm looking at George Karloftis out of Purdue. Makes a lot of sense to me. This is probably your number five edge rusher, and uh, you know to get him there at number 19 overall, that'd be a nice win there for Philly. Um, when you look at the Saints, I believe that they moved ahead of the, the Chargers to get the offensive tackle, to get Trevor Penny. They could be actually moving up to get a receiver and actually go after Chris Olave. I think there's a great chance that they could be doing that because I think they're thinking that the Chargers want to get some speed for Justin Herbert. We get ahead of them, we make sure that we get that receiver and then potentially see what happens with that second pick. Could we get a tackle? Could we potentially trade down? Could we target Kenny Pickett? So I think that's something to watch. I ultimately mocked them taking Trevor Penning. That way you have another offensive tackle in the fold. That means the Chargers then get get Chris Olave, they get that speed, you know, the 4-3 speed, being able to stretch the defense with uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. He's offering something different than what they already have. Pickett there at number 18. You know, look, Jameis, uh, Jameis Winston, don't know what, what you're really going to get coming off of that ACL tear. You need a quarterback uh, of the future. Kenny Pickett could potentially be that guy. You get to the to the Patriots. And this is where things start to get interesting, right? Because the Patriots don't have a number one wideout. We have six wide receivers at the top of this draft. Could this be a home for Traylon Burks? I think that's a, a definite possibility. You need to get some weapons there for Mac Jones. Um, then you move on to, to that linebacker position. And I'm looking at Devin Lloyd, and he just feels like a Bill Belichick type guy. This is a guy that's going to fill the stat sheet, a guy that's going to be able to play sideline to sideline. He, he's a converted safety, so you know he can drop into coverage. He can blitz coming off the edge he can shoot through the a gap and he can even put his hand in the dirt so there's a lot that this guy can do 6 2 237 pounds i like him there at number 21 overall green bay packers sitting there at 22 and 28 you have to really kind of scratch your head right and say well are they actually going to take a receiver they haven't done that since 2002 when they took javon walker and there is a possibility that the packers could not take a receiver. They could end up going O-line, they could go D-line, they could look at a linebacker. There's a lot of uh, other needs that, that could be in play. I think this is where they'll either you know target the best receiver available. I personally believe that Traylon Burks, you get a, a big weapon there on the outside, a guy that can push the field vertically, a guy that you can get really creative with, and I, I think you know with Lafleur, he can get, get creative with, with Traylon Burks, get him the football in a multitude of ways. Aaron Rodgers is going to need weapons. And yes, you know you, you, you started building that with Sammy Watkins, but that doesn't move the needle enough. You're going to need to get a, a top flight receiver. That's why I still think Traylon Burks is going to be that guy. I'm looking at 28 overall, and I've been bouncing around with this pick and, and really what Green Bay is going to do. And, and ultimately, I, I looked at an edge rusher. And the reason why I'm thinking edge rusher here is... You don't have Zadarius Smith. You have Preston Smith and uh, Rashawn Gary, but you really they, they, they like that three-headed monster. And Arnold Ebiketti's stock is continuing to rise. This is a guy, an, an edge rusher, who I think probably fits better in a, a 34 defense, allow him to, to have play in space, be able to rush the passer that way. I, I like him working out wide. And so 
Arnold Abiketti at number 28 overall makes a lot of sense to me. I think I had Devontae Wyatt mocked there, but with a lot of the character concerns coming up recently, uh, that's been well documented out there in the media. I think ultimately the move is going to be for, for a pass rusher. And could they potentially go offensive line? I think if Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green were to fall, I think they could end up targeting them to really solidify that offensive line. Which then takes us to number 23 overall, and that's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I know the Cardinals want to be able to protect Kyler Murray, so I think Zion Johnson's absolutely going to be in play. Um, I, I also think that if George Karloftis were on the board, this could possibly be where he, he goes. You know, we we're talking about Drake Jackson possibly being a first-round pick. Look, when you have 26% of your sack total uh, leave your franchise you know, with Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden was your leading sack guy with 11 sacks a, a year ago, but he needs a guy opposite him to really be truly effective. So that's why I think there's a great chance we could see Drake Jackson or uh, you know David Ojabo possibly or Boye Mafe come off the board here at number 23. I ultimately have them taking Zion Johnson because you know the, the versatility along that line. Um, you know you, you have to protect your investment. Kyler Murray's already expressed some of his uh, unhappiness with the franchise, so I, I think this is definitely a move in the right direction for them. Then you look at Dallas there at 24. Offensive line help I think is definitely a need. Uh, could they go uh, linebacker? Possibly, um, you know, especially if you're going to be moving Micah Parsons around, that's going to be a, a potential option. So I, I, I just think you have to think about that O-line um, and the shuffling that's gone on. You look at Connor Williams leaving for Miami. Lyle Collins is in Cincinnati now. So now you're looking at Connor McGovern and, and Terrence Steele looking to step up. And I, I just look at a Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. You bring in that mauler, a dude that's going to manhandle guys there on the inside. He has experience at tackle, but I think really his home at the next level. I mean, if you saw him at the combine, this dude has tree trunks for legs, really a, a huge, massive lower body. I think he could be really a, a road grader there for Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that makes a lot of sense for Dallas there at number 24 overall. Then they could look pass rush in round number two. Um, to, to get another guy in there along with Dante Fowler to help out uh, Demarcus Lawrence getting after the quarterback. Number 25, the Buffalo Bills. I had them taking the corner here at one point, and I still think that Andrew Booth could potentially be the guy here. They've got to replace Levi Wallace, but Brees Hall is your consensus number one running back, right? This is a guy uh, over 1,400 yards in each of the last two seasons, top 10 in the Heisman voting each of the last two seasons, a guy that also is a tremendous receiver coming out of the backfield. You pair him with Devin Singletary, that gives Josh Allen yet another uh, weapon in the passing game, but a guy that has the home run speed, ran that 4-3-9-40, a guy that has tremendous vision. I love the start and stop ability, runs through, ta uh, through tackles, so you love that contact balance as well, the body control. I think you get Brees Hall there, and that really solidifies things. And look, we've had a run, at least one running back come off the board in each of the last seven drafts, including two last season. So I, I think we continue that trend. We have at least one running back coming off the board and uh, you know coming off to uh, the Buffalo Bills. Tennessee Titans sitting there number 26 overall. This is a team that I think can go in a number of directions. They lost Roger Saffold in free agency, so I think there's a chance that if Zion Johnson were available, he'd be the guy there. I think Tennessee also could potentially be a landing spot for N'Kobe Dean. 
um, you know, especially if, if Zach Cunningham ends up being a cap casualty. But right now, I think they're okay at, at inside backer if uh, Zach Cunningham is in their future plans. So then that takes you to, well, Ryan Tannehill. We saw his performance in the playoffs. Really left a lot to be desired. I think they're really a quarterback away from really contending. So could this be an area where they look to target a quarterback of the future? I think they wait until day two, possibly go after a guy like uh, you know, Sam Howell or, uh, or Matt Corral. They're on day two, even Desmond Ritter possibly trading up there into the, the first part of day two to, to target that quarterback. Um, I ultimately think they're going to go receiver. I think they need to get some help there. Um, they've got A.J. Brown and they've got Robert Woods, but they need a guy that's going to be able to stretch the defense vertically. And I'm looking at Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson would make a lot of sense. This is a guy who he's got those tremendous hands, the ball, uh, you know, the body control to go up there and attack the football. We saw that one-handed catch against Ohio State over Sean Wade along the sideline. Uh, in 2020, and that really put him on the map. I really like him to, to Tennessee there at number 26 overall. Moving to 27 in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think this is another team that could potentially go Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson because they need to replace Ali Marpet. They already traded for, for Shaq Mason, who's taking the place of Alex Kappa. You need to replace Ali, Ali Marpet. But if both of those guards are off the board, obviously you're going to have to target a guard on day two or early day three. So this pick then becomes really kind of the best player available. I think there's a possibility that Brees Hall, if he's on the board, could go there, really be that backup for, for Leonard Fournette and kind of be the... Because uh, look, you know, you, you had Ronald, Johnson, uh, Ronald Jones the second, and you had Leonard Fournette carrying the bulk of the load in terms of the carries. And then you had uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard uh, as kind of those ancillary running backs, and Bernard was more involved in the passing game. So I, I think you get another running back at some point. If you're Tampa, you could possibly wait until round number four and get a guy like Rashawn White, uh, Rashad White as a possibility there. A lot of flexibility at the running back position in those later rounds. So I don't see them going Brees Hall, even if he's available. I'm looking at that secondary. This is a group that I think needs to be pushed. They did re-sign uh, Carlton Davis. But when you look at it, Sean Murphy bunting there in the slot has, has struggled at times. I think uh, Jamel Dean also needs to be pushed for, for that starting spot. So that's why um, you know, I, I think there's a good chance that you could see Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson go there. But I'm ultimately looking at that safety position. And, and here's why. You've got Antoine Winfield as one safety. You bring in Keanu Neal and you bring in Logan Ryan. I think Logan Ryan is going to push Sean Murphy bunting for playing time there in the slot. And I look at Keanu Neal. He's a guy that's going to play mostly around the line of scrimmage in the box type of defender. You don't have a true safety to pair with Antoine Winfield. And I'm looking at Lewis Seen out of Georgia, a guy who can fly around. He, he comes at you with, with bad intentions. I like him there at number 27 to Tampa. There are There is some flexibility there for the Bucks because they do have a deep roster. Uh, don't rule out uh, uh, possibly getting a, a defensive end if... There, there isn't any confidence that Ndamukong Sue is going to re-sign. I think he will. I'm actually targeting Fidarian Mathis to, to Tampa there on day two, uh, a guy who can get after the quarterback from the interior. He makes a lot of sense there at defensive end. But again, that's a day two pick. Kansas City, we know have, they have the two picks in round number one. Are they going to go receiver? That's really a big question. I actually have Kansas City taking the receiver in round number two. I think they're going to use these picks. And look, if they go round one, you're kind of reaching a little bit. You're bringing in either uh, Christian Watson, who's a tremendous athlete, 
but but a guy look FCS competition he's probably feels more like a, a, a round two grade if you ask me there's George Pickens that's out there as well but again you know coming off that ACL injury he feels more like a day two pick uh, so I, I think ultimately what you're looking at with Casey is they do need a corner. Javarius Ward is is no longer on the roster. You've got uh, Rashad Fenton there, and with Jarius Sneed, DeAndre Baker. There's a question mark there. I think this is where Andrew Booth goes. I, I really do. And then getting an edge rusher. Think about what happened with Melvin Ingram when he was inserted into the lineup. There was there was added juice, and suddenly that was just resurrecting everything. Frank Clark and uh, Chris Jones, everybody kind of lit up from there. I'm looking at Boye Mafe, and look, I know that he's a, uh, a a very raw edge rusher, but the talent is endless. And if this guy can really put it all together, he could be one of the steals of the draft at the end of round number one. So uh, I, I think you, you pair him up with, with that corner, solidify the defense there with the Chiefs, and then you can start looking at some of those receiver options because I think there are some receivers to be had there on day two. Cincy sitting there at number 31 overall. Um, they could go in a number of directions. I think you've got uh, the, the linebacker position could potentially be a target um, you know, because you do have Jermaine Pratt, uh, who's going to be a free agent next year. There's Logan Wilson that's on the roster. Um, you, know, you could potentially look at another linebacker, but I, I think Cincinnati absolutely needs a corner. Even if Andrew Booth Jr. is not on the board, I think Kyir Elam out of Florida, kind of the forgotten corner, could potentially come off the board. I have him going early day two. Um, so I, I ultimately think Cincinnati, though, if Tyler Linderbaum is there. And yes, there is talk that he could fall to round number two. Uh, you know, lack of ideal size and arm length are, are the big concerns. But look, this guy is graded out as one of the best uh, centers to come around in a long time. And you get him into the right situation, the right fit to take advantage of those athletic skills and, and those wrestling skills because this guy plays with excellent leverage. I, I think this guy could end up, you know, he's an all-pro caliber center in the right situation. And I'm looking at Cincy. You know, look, I know they have Ted Karras on the roster, but Jackson Carmen to me, hasn't proven that he should be a starter. So I think you kick Karras to guard, get Linderbaum in there at center, and I think you really solidify things there for Joe Burrow. This was going to be a, an offensive tackle. They shored that up by getting Lyle Collins. So I think really addressing the pivot in round one, get a corner uh, in round number two, possibly a linebacker in round number three. I think that's really would be the, the smart thing for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then finally, the Detroit Lions sitting there at number 32 overall. I had Daxton Hill mocked to them for a long time here. I think this would be, you know, Daxton Hill could come in and, and really be a target to play with Tracy Walker on the back end of the defense at safety, but he also has the ability to to move in and possibly even play some corner. You know, they've got Jeff Okuda, um, who's really trying to live up to that number three overall pick uh, from a couple of years ago. You've got Amani Arwarie, but I think you possibly get that additional corner help there with, with Daxon Hill as well. I actually have Daxon Hill coming off the board number 34 overall. He is a potential first round pick. He could be a guy that could also go to, to KC at 29. You know, I, I, I kind of digress a little bit, but with KC, I, I forgot to mention, you're looking at that, that safety position and, you know, Tyron Matthews gone, Daniel Sorensen's gone, uh, you know, Armani Watts is gone as well. So really all you have is Justin Reed, who you brought in from Houston to play with Juan Thornhill. I think you need another, another safety in there. So Daxton Hill could absolutely be a target there. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could also target Daxton Hill, but 
really what I'm talking about with the Lions is I think they're going to go quarterback. Kenny Pickett, if he doesn't go to, uh, to the Saints at number 18 or you know at some point with the Saints, possibly if the Saints trade down, um, then Kenny Pickett would likely be the selection here, a guy that can learn from, from Jared Goff before taking over. But if Kenny Pickett's off the board, I still think they go quarterback. They've got, they can take advantage of the fifth year for this quarterback. And I'm looking at Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. And I know you turn on the tape, there are a lot of people that are out there saying, look, there aren't starter traits there. This is a guy, though, that's been really impressive in, in a lot of the interviews, a guy that knows what to do with the football. You watch the development of him from his junior to his senior season. There's been a lot of growth in his game, what he's been able to do with Luke Fickle, really elevating that Cincinnati program to that that you know college football playoff status. I think that also speaks volumes to him, you know, from a, a character and, and leader standpoint, leadership standpoint. So, you know, if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm looking to change the culture there in Detroit into a winning culture. And Desmond Ritter brings some of those things. If you get Aiden Hutchinson at the beginning of the draft in round number one, and then at the end of round one, you get Desmond Ritter, you've got guys who can really build that foundation for that culture that you're wanting to build at both ends of round number one. So I think that's something to definitely take a look at. And again, take advantage of, of the five years with him under uh, you know on, on your roster and in the building then that could potentially make sense they could also end up deciding to go Daxton Hill in uh, at number 32 overall and take your quarterback at number 34 uh, so a lot to really talk about but look you know my time is up because the NFL draft is just a few hours away I'm gonna go ahead and get this posted and I hope everyone's enjoyed the content to this point. There, there's been a lot to cover over the course of uh, of this season. And I'm just so excited that the draft is here. Las Vegas, Nevada. Jacksonville, be ready. You're on the clock. Even though Roger Goodell has officially put you on the clock, you're on the clock. And uh, let's get ready for it, right? So we'll be talking soon. But until next time, for readyforthedraft.com. And please... Check out my seven-round mock draft on readyforthedraft.com. I have all seven rounds there along with my player rankings. I've got top 10 at every single position. So for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. It's draft day, everyone. Let's get excited. And until next time, I am out of here.